Hey there and welcome. Good morning. This is Felicia DeRosier with Dynamic Word Bible Studies. I'm here with my amazing co-host. Cross the favorite. Cross the favorite. You know, you can't keep claiming the favorite. There's nobody else here. We're in an empty room. <laughs> he's always saying he's the favorite among the siblings, but the siblings are not here today. I'm still your favorite son. Okay. Well, you are my favorite son. That's for sure. You're my only son. Through uh, that. <laughs> and we are joined today by special guest Deb Prosser. She's one of my personal good friends. She's an, an amazing leader within our church. She helps run the single adults ministry. Um, and she's an ordained minister with Foursquare. We are so happy to have you with us, Deb. Thank you. It is my absolute pleasure to be here. And I really, really appreciate our friendship and what the Lord has done in the last, uh, oh, wow. How long have we known each other? I have no idea. It's been a hot minute, though. <laughs> 15, 18 years, I think. At least. Like, I've been at Cornerstone since I was 19. So um, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to say how long that means I've been at Cornerstone, but let's just <laughs> say it's a long time. Uh, and, and I know you've been there for quite some time too. So, <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, well, we're going to start out today by talking about God's word. For those of you who are listening today, I just want to put out no a side note. There's no commercial breaks today, and we are not live. This is pre recorded. So, uh, if you have any questions, you can feel free to go to our Facebook page and <laughs> send some. That we now have. That we now have. And you can send some questions in and we'll address them on the next episode. Uh, but actually, we're pre-recording it because Deb happens to be available. It's uh, We're pre-recording on a Saturday. So we're really Ooh, excited about Saturday. that. Woo. Ross, would you like to open us in a, word, in a word of prayer so we can get into God's word? I keep saying that's my job to the kids at Scouts because I'm Chaplain Zay. They're like, hey, you want to press out like that that's my job you you literally elected me for this role <laughs> well uh, i elected you for the role too it was unanimous i say so that's all uh <laughs> lord god we thank you for this day uh we hope that the show goes well uh we pray blessings over rockstar De i mean uh yeah rockstar deb and uh we hope that the pre-recorded show goes well and that we all have a great rest of our weeks just name amen. Amen. amen all right so i swear i'm gonna be calling that I'm Rock, just going to be calling you that for the rest of my life rock now. Rockstar Deb. We were talking uh, right. to Deb on air about what a rock star she is. And he's like, that's what I'm going to call you, Rockstar Deb. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Right? <laughs> no, I think Cross is the rock star. I love his name. I just love uh, how you're raising him. I just think he's a stud for Jesus. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's like a whole thing, stud for Jesus. And I know you've got one over there with John too. So, uh, <laughs> agreed, agreed. So, um, let's hop into the word today. We're going to be starting. We're so we're we're going through the book of John. We are still in chapter one, even though we're on episode four, because we're just going precept by precept. So today we're going to be going through uh, John chapter one, verses nine through thirteen. So if anybody is Kind of following along, reading along. I'm going to pull that up in my Bible and read that aloud now. The true light, which gives, and by the way, we're talking about Jesus here. Uh, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, 
he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will, nor of the flesh, but or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. And that's that's it for our actual scripture reading today. We're going to hop into um, uh, verse 14 a little bit more next week. But for today, we want to talk a little bit about who Jesus came for. <gasps> okay. Oh, that's why I have my scripture. I read it and I was like, huh. <laughs> He's just picking up a random scripture because he hasn't read the teaching yet. So um, <laughs> it, it can be interesting because a lot of people have a lot of theories about where this whole Christian faith has come from. Um, a lot of people will say that it's a kind of like a uh, Western religion and philosophy. Yeah. Super not the case, right? Um, <laughs> established in the Middle East and, and probably first la- launched most powerfully in Africa um, before it started to move into Europe. Um, and of course, we know that Jesus came initially to minister to the nation of Israel. Which can make it super confusing because I'm what the Bible would call a Gentile, right? Okay, I am a white woman who lives nowhere near Israel. <laughs> so how does right, right. family is Israelite, like <laughs> right? So how does this apply to us? Like this is where people hop in and they're like, so so why are we studying the Bible? Um, this has nothing to do with us, but I will say this has a lot to do with us. So. In the Bible, nearly all of Jesus' recorded miracles and ministry are done in Israel or for the Jewish people. And Jesus himself talks about how his priority is to the Jewish people. We're going to look at that scripture right now in Matthew 15, uh, verses 22 through 28. Do you want to how read that? How convenient. I just happened to have that pulled up. <laughs> I thought you might. Good job. <laughs> a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, Is it not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs? Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. All right. So even Jesus is saying, hey, I came for the for the me- members of the nation of Israel who are lost, right? Not not other people, right? Okay. So as a new believer, this, like, shook me. Um, I He started coming <laughs> to church at, like, 19 years old. I've never read the Bible, never been to church before. Um, and so I was like, so like, I don't get it. Not only is the Old Testament written all to the Jewish nation, but now Jesus is like, yeah, I'm not here for you. Um, and that can kind of rock your world if you don't know what's going on. So I had a hard time understanding how the gospel actually applied to me as a Gentile with the strong and specific focus that Jesus had on this place halfway across the world 2000 plus years ago, right? Um, And so now I want to talk to you about, this is my, I think it's really becoming my favorite parable. We're going to talk about a parable that's in Matthew 13, starting in verse 44, and it's called the parable of the hidden treasure. Do you know about this one? Okay. 
So we're going to talk about this one a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and read it real quick just so that we can be reminded, okay? And it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. In, I'm sorry. I just I just jumped to the next one. That's the parable of the great pearl. Okay. Um, so the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Okay. Now I ran into this parable several times before and I really kind of thought it out for a while. I said right through it. And of course the kingdom of heaven is worth everything I own. And that's usually how you hear people translate it. You know, the kingdom of heaven is so marvelous, so magnificent, so beyond compare that it would be worth everything that you own. And that's like 100% true, right? But interestingly enough, that is not, not what, what that, talking about. not what he's talking about at all. <laughs> um, and so I might be uh, disagreeing with some very, very great teachers who are smarter than me. But I'm going to say, uh, based on the next two parables, that's not what he's talking about. Uh, after all, even though the kingdom of heaven is worth everything that I own, um, I didn't buy my way into heaven. I could not have ever bought my way into heaven. There's nothing I own of value, not even my own life, that would get me into heaven. I don't need your money. Right, right, right. <laughs> like God already has way over and above the abundance of anything that I have. The only one who paid my way into heaven was Jesus. Okay? So in this parable, it's not me who's purchasing the field because the treasure of heaven's in it. As if everything I owned was worthy to buy my way into heaven. It's actually Jesus who was the buyer of the real estate. And you and I, we're the treasure in the field. Okay? Now, this is really important <laughs> because um, because he buys not just, you know, he doesn't say, listen, I don't need the whole field. I just need that one little spot right here. That's where my treasure's buried. I'm not going to buy the whole field. You see what I'm saying? Um, he didn't negotiate to only buy the treasure. He didn't just buy the one piece of the field where the treasure was to spare expense. He bought all the land. And similarly, Jesus's death and resurrection was enough to restore the whole world, past, present, and future. He paid the price for all. For everyone, even though he knew that not all people would receive him, that some of those that he would pay for would be like the empty parts of the plot of land that he would not get return on. Okay. Um, I feel secure in this interpretation because it's followed promptly by Matthew 13, 47 and 50. This is the parable of the net. Okay. So Jesus often gives three parables back to back. And all three parables have the same basic interpretation. So it's like, it, you know, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, which nobody's seen except for him. And he says, well, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And then it's also kind of like this. His second like this is um, the parable of a great pearl that someone sells everything that he has to purchase, right? But then he talks about this parable of a net. And if you have a different interpretation of the treasure and the and the pearl of great value, and you think I'm buying my way into heaven, this third one doesn't make sense. But if we think of Jesus purchasing 
the whole world with his sacrifice, making up for the sins of the whole world with his sacrifice, suddenly this third one makes a whole lot more sense. Um, it says again, and this is um, Matthew thirteen forty seven. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and down and sorted the good into containers and threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So in other words, okay, so, yeah, and, and you know. Now your uh, parents' punishment doesn't seem so bad, does it? <laughs> right, 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 right. But the whole point is, when he drew in the net, he drew in everyone. Right. This isn't going to be Shadrach, Meshach, and Benedict. He ain't coming to save you. Right, right. He he came to save everyone. And so this is why it applies to me as a Gentile. Okay? Um. So he's gathering all the fish, all the people, and separating them evil from righteous. Now, let's also remember that righteousness is a standing in faith. It has nothing to do with my goodness. Thank goodness. Thank goodness it has nothing to do with my goodness. I'm not very good. Okay, <laughs> I'm not independently very good. I don't always do good about that. Um, but I want to talk about and point out here in Romans um, chapter four, verse three, where it says, uh, for what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. This had nothing to do with any action that Abraham may have done. It, it's simply that he believed and because he believed it was counted as righteousness. Um, we're going to double down with that um, with Romans chapter four, verse 13, where it says, for the promise to Abraham and his offspring um, is that they would be the heir of the world did not come through the law, but it came through the righteousness of faith. So um, faith comes through righteousness or sorry, righteousness comes through faith, faith in Jesus, not in me being good. OK, not right, because otherwise I'm in trouble. We're all um, in trouble. Right, we're all, all going to be in trouble. So I'm going to pause for a little bit and see, uh, did anybody have anything they wanted to add there? I just love what you're talking about. Um, last night at our singles group, um, SALT, it stands for Single Adults Learning Together. Um, but we are on the book of Galatians, and it talks about so much that there is no other gospel uh given to us that we can be saved it's only through jesus and it's not through works there is nothing that we can do to earn salvation it is a free gift from god and if we repent if we ask god to forgive us and um accept jesus as our savior oh my goodness freedom 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 and I absolutely love that we are grafted in and because we can accept him, that is, I, I think, uh, I was thinking of your story. Wow. I've never thought about somebody thinking that they don't, um, fit in or can't because it was, the Bible was written way back when in a different continent and how it would not relate. I thought that's, pretty interesting i love your thought process in that and just being able to read the word 
and go through and say, ah, this is why it relates to me. This is why I am grafted in. This is why I, I, that's a great, I love that, Felisa. That's awesome. I'm not going to lie. It took years. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It took a while before I found that, but, um, but yeah, no, this has totally given me a new perspective because um, it, a lot of times if you're not raised in church, and I actually was talking to a friend of mine online about this, um, who's not a believer, and um, if you're not raised in church, it, it can take a while to unravel the mysteries of the gospel and how it all works. Agreed. Uh, and and that's definitely one of the things, you know, like how do the promises of the nation of Israel still apply to me? I'm not in Israel. I'm not, you know, in this era, um, you know, and it has to do with Jesus fulfilling all the previous covenants and us being in covenant with Jesus. Um, but covenants not widely understood a, a, amongst Americans now. So uh, it's very, very interesting to kind of hop in and learn more about that. So I agree. Um, Agreed. I also would recommend if anybody, you know, Israel's going through war right now, but uh, definitely take time to uh, search out the scriptures and see if possibly you might be able to go to Israel. There's nothing like walking where Jesus walked. It was life-changing. I've been three times and hope to go back. That sounds absolutely amazing. That's like, that's on my bucket list for sure. (laughs) Sure. Maybe, maybe not right this second. True. Um, correct. Correct. <laughs> give it but, a little you know, time. Give it a little time to come back down over there. And that's definitely on my bucket list. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, um, Jesus's earthly ministry was directed towards the Jews and his gospel and redemption extends to the whole field. That would be all the people who would receive Jesus. Okay. So Romans 1.16, can you read that for us, Cross? Very convenient. I have it pulled up. Uh, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it has the power, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew, then the Gentile. Okay, so. um, So we need the leftovers, you guys. Hey, you know, I'm I'm fine with being a leftover. I'm good. I'm happy. (laughs) I strongly believe, okay, look, I strongly believe that if the treasure in the field was just you cross just you like not me not 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 rockstar dad like not anyone else just you i i really believe that jesus was still paid full price for that field you know what i'm saying 100 percent agree and that is a concept for me that really helped me through some of my um issues that i've had through my life to know that if i was the only person on this earth that Jesus would have came for me and paid the price. It's right. an awesome thought. It'll get you through the tough times. I agree. I agree. So what does it mean to receive and believe? These two concepts are derived from one word in the Greek. Uh, Labano is the word, and it's an action word, which doesn't translate well into English. Unlike receive and believe, Labano is full of action and assertiveness on the part of the receiver. It means to take hold of, to um, to take it, to receive it um, by my own action. Uh, this is a condition of the promise is that we actively receive it. We have to pursue it. 
Okay. And so a lot of people um, kind of read into the scripture. Um, of course, God is sovereign and he is able to do all this work, but he at, out of his sovereign will is requiring our participation in the process. He expects us to at least take the gift and open it. Okay. Um, so let's then look back at verses at, at verse 15 of the original scripture that we read. This is uh, John chapter one, and I'm just going to pop over to verse 15, which we didn't read yet. Okay. And it says, um, John bore witness about him. He's talking about Jesus and cried out. This is the one whom I said, he comes after me and ranks before me because he was before me. He's bearing witness um, to Jesus in this. What? I said, rar. Rar. (laughs) Um, The gospel is is referencing John the Baptist. The Jews performed all sorts of ceremonial cleansings at the time. However, this was very different from what John was practicing. He was practicing baptism. Baptism. Out in the wilderness, he was causing quite a stir. But do you remember what the um, focus of his baptism was? It was the baptism of... The Holy Spirit. Well, no, no, not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That comes in uh, Pentecost, right? So this is the baptism of repentance. And he cries out from the wilderness, repent to make straight the way of the Lord, right? So, um, and... Repentance um, is more than just feeling sorry for the sin that you've committed. It actually means to turn away from our sin with intention. Let's check out Matthew 3. You want to pull it up or do you want me to? I can do it. You got it? Okay. It's going to be Matthew 3, verses 1 through 3. Matthew 3, 1 through 3. In those days, John... The Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for it. Okay, great. Which so, is in Isaiah 43. Yes, yes. So repent means, uh, it, it's like a, the Greek word for repent is uh, meneteo. And it means to change one's mind or to change the inner man. Um, so when the Bible talks about um, us as beings, it doesn't talk about like the heart, the mind, the soul, like like what we do. That's kind of a Greek concept. Um, the, he- the Hebrew concept is the inner man and the outward man. And the inner man is the part that makes all the choices and the decisions and things of that nature, right? Um, so John doesn't likely go very deeply into into this because this the synoptic gospels already existed okay um he doesn't go very far into the whole repent because um as we went over in the very first show his gospel was actually in response to trying to stop um some teaching that that jesus was not god some some heresy that was going around and so the synoptic gospels were already in existence people already knew what they said and he really didn't need to repeat that. So he didn't spend his time with that. When we repent, we're changing the intentions of our heart towards the will of God. This doesn't mean that we will never sin, but um, it's a change of thought to move our inward man into alignment with Jesus. We believe, and just like Abraham, we believe and it's credited to us as righteousness. 
not just righteousness, but the righteousness of Jesus. Uh, did you have Galatians 3, 6 pulled up? I will soon. That sounds like a plan. All right. Hmm. So also Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. Okay, so... Um, In Genesis fifteen six. Right. That's where the original reference was. So we received redemption through Christ, his finished work at the cross, and the right to become children of God. Right is a really strange word for me. Um, we tend to think of our rights as uh, our freedoms to do as we please in America. But here, right means power, authority, or spiritual power. It's like the power and authority of a prince. He has the authority... Um, but it isn't really his. It comes to him from the king and his position as the king's son. Okay. So any power and authority that we have isn't because I'm special, but it's because I'm the child of the most high, right? Grafted in, just like Rockstar Deb said, grafted in. <laughs> um, did, did anybody have anything to add to that at this point? It's just good. You're you're oh. right on. I love it. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm I'm glad that uh that that you were on board with that. Um, that's pretty much the teaching wrapped up. We'd normally cut to commercial break right now, but instead we're gonna hop into our next section. And our next section is all about Deb Prosser. She's this amazing minister. She's an incredible mother. Uh, to John, who is such a great kid, and she's um, just dedicated and poured her life out into so many people in so many different various ways. And we just wanted to give you an opportunity, Deb. Um, I know your story, and I've been inspired by it for years. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to come on and share your story with others if you wanted to tell us a little bit about what Jesus has done in your life. Oh, wow. We don't have enough time to talk about everything Jesus has done in my life. But um, ah, just a little backstory about me. Uh, I was born in Kansas a um, long time ago. But uh, yeah, I was born in Kansas. Um, when I was one and a half, I moved to Germany. Uh, my parents uh, were there. My dad was in the Air Force. And I have two older sisters and a younger brother, and um, the Air Force was amazing. I loved watching my dad. I loved his military service, so um, eventually I joined the Army later. Um, so in Germany, uh, I had experienced some turmoil when I was 12, right before we came to the United States, and I was uh, violated by a coach, and um, it, it kind of just turned my heart uh, away from people. And I, the joy that I had as a young person, uh, it was just kind of stripped from me until uh, after that, my parents got a divorce. And so here I am empty and stripped of, of my childhood youth and I found myself really just not knowing where life was going to take me. I lost my goals, my dreams. And 
a friend from Civil Air Patrol said, hey, Deb, I was a chief master sergeant at the time. He said, let's go to church. I'm like, church? I can't go to church. That's where the hypocrites are. I don't want to be a hypocrite. And so finally, after like three months, I went to church. And it was at Grace Chapel, a four-square church in Tucson, Arizona. And it was as if God was directly speaking to me that Sunday morning. I cannot even begin to tell you my thought process at the time. Um, I just allowed Jesus in my heart. I repented. And that day changed the rest of my life. I have been on the path of healing. I've been on the path of telling as many people as I possibly can about the goodness of God. Um, my life verse is now Acts, the 20th chapter, verse 24, um, that talks about, I'm not sure if this is verbatim. However, it is, however, I consider my life worth nothing. My only aim is to complete the task the Lord has given me. And that is a task of sharing the good news of God's grace. And I can tell you there's been so much grace given to this girl right here. My hand's up in the air. Both of them are up in the air. Because I thought as a child that was violated, I felt worthless, not worth anything. And being able to feel the love of God in a tangible way, like he wrapped his ever loving arms around me and gave me comfort, gave me peace. He, my mind was just going so many different places, but he was right there with me. And, oh, it's just been amazing. Um, so from that time, I uh, started my healing process and I went into the military uh, the military was awesome. I love the army. I love adventure. Uh, so it, it was just a great time. Uh, from there, I got out, uh, came to Las Vegas, Nevada, and um, <laughs> Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, they say where uh, sin abounds, God's grace is much more. And I find that here in Vegas. Um, some people don't like it. Some people do. But it's not as crazy as a lot of people that are mixed in the mix of being on the strip. I don't go to the strip very often. So, but uh, definitely pray for Vegas. Um, you know, Super Bowl's coming up next week. So we'll be praying for everybody for safety as they're here. But after I got out the military, I landed back here. And I just really felt called of God. Um, you know, like Paul in Galatians, Paul was sent by God. It was a miraculous sending, but he was sent to the Gentiles. And because he was sent to the Gentiles, the word of God spread everywhere. The news, right. the message of Jesus spread and that's what I feel my calling is. It's not so much to everybody who has it all together. 
um, it's to sinners. I love to share the gospel. I can be having the worst day, but yet I tell someone about Jesus and my story because my story is his story. And I love that uh, play on words. His story is history. Our history is his story. And so my story comes from his story. And, you know, when I turned 50, it's considered the year of Jubilee. And over abundance, the Lord blessed me in such a way that I will never forget that year. Um, I have been in some relationships before where I thought I was going to get married and the Lord said, do not. And I did not. And so I was kind of asking the Lord, what is my purpose? What is my plan? And he says, I have something for you. <laughs> so my year, my year of Jubilee uh, came around and a little backstory on that. Uh, when I was 35, uh, my grandmother was in the hospital and everybody um, was asked to give blood. I said, yeah, hook me up. I'm a positive. I know, you know, cause I was in the army, what my blood type is. And so then my uh, dad said, Oh, I'm O negative. And my sister said, I'm O negative. And my brother and other sister said, I'm O negative. So I called my mom. I'm like, Hey mom, what blood type are you? And she uh -huh. said, Oh, negative. And I'm like, Hmm, Houston, we have a problem. Yep. <laughs> that work, does it? And I was like, so I talked to a friend, I talked to a, a nurse, actually my sister, and they were like, yeah, that's really not possible. So a friend of mine sent me a kit uh, to do DNA. And I was like, oh, this is so awkward. I, you know, do I really want to know? Right, do I, right. <laughs> I, do I want to open this can of worms? What if the situation is worse than it is now? I just, whoo, that was a lot. And so I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I said, okay, mom, something you need to tell me? Oh, Deborah Ann, no, you're part of the family. I'm like, yeah, but which family? And so right. um, <laughs> then I go to my dad and my dad's like, what? And he's like, oh, you're crazy. But he went ahead and took the test. And then two, three weeks later, it came back and said, my father is 100% not the biological father. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So that turned my world upside down, I must say. Um in a great way where I had to cling to the word of God. I memorized Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You were familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, oh, Lord. Talks about him hemming us in. But then the great part about that is Psalm uh 139 and it goes to verse 13 for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful i know that full well 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you, your eyes, saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That, I I cannot begin to tell you how much that chapter changed my life. Um, my Abba father, father means, or Abba um, in Hebrew is um, father. And it's great when you go to Israel and everybody's saying Abba, Abba for their dad. It's just so great. And it has such a meaning of oh, intimacy between your father and yourself. It's like daddy, daddy God. And so that was just uh, really incredible. I'll just share on um, Psalm 139. It's so great because David, you know, search me, O Lord. Then he talks about all that you hem me in. Where can I go from your spirit? If I say the darkness will hide me, you created my inmost being. And then it's so crazy. And then he talks about in 17, how precious to me are your thoughts, oh God. And then all of a sudden it switches. In verse 19, it says, if you would only slay the wicked, oh God, away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who rise against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. Search me, God, and know my heart. <laughs> Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Yeah, I think I just had some anxious thoughts. See if right. there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I think that right there is a clue for believers that... There are times when craziness happens in our life and it's not to say, nope, everything's fine. I'm beautiful. I'm perfect. It's, you know, we're, we're going to be okay. It's for us to say, let's sit there in our uncomfortableness. Let's sit there for a second. Let's evaluate. How do I feel? Like, why am I feeling this way? And then talk to God, talk to him. And then come back to, at the end, search me, oh God, and know my heart. And so I love that portion of scripture. Um, and it was all because of what happened. Um, so I said all that to say, when I turned 50, the year of Jubilee, goodness, 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 gracious. So those who are getting ready to turn 50, please look forward to this year. Um, this is a year of abundant blessings, um, where the Lord brings back, um, to the household of faith, some amazing things. And so what happened in January, um, it was just amazing. I took, uh, 21 people to Israel. I started my master's program in strategic leadership. Um, in April of that year, um, well, I guess starting at the beginning of the year, I knew I was going to the pastor's conference for the Foursquare, and I hadn't been in a year or two, but I really felt the Lord wanted me to go that year, and it was in Seattle, Washington. So I got my plane tickets, got everything booked uh, for May, and 
um, had a big birthday party. My family surprised me. Um, it was just over the top. So then in April, my brother sends me this note and says, Hey, Deb, did you know we had a, a half sister? And I'm like, what? And so he said, yeah, I just went on ancestry.com and there's a half sister. No, it was 23 and me, 23 and me. And I said, Oh, a half sister. So I joined 23 and me did the whole, uh, biological you know sending in some uh samples and it came back that i'm the half sister and i'm like duh <laughs> <laughs> we knew that right so right. My <laughs> profile was uh revealed i thought there was somebody else so anyways but beside that it had a picture of somebody that looks just like me that later i came to find out is my aunt and huh? so when I text her um, from the profile, she's like, pretty much we've been waiting for you our whole lives. And I'm like, what? She said, I know that I have a brother and we were just waiting for somebody to contact us. And so she had been missing her brother uh, that her mom had talked about when she was younger. So this is where the plot thickens. Yes. <laughs> so basically, um, I did Ancestry.com after that and found another cousin. And that cousin actually linked me to my biological father. Wow. Yes. So the crazy part about that is uh, they had two brothers that it could be my biological father. And the one who had already passed was not my biological father it's the one that's alive so the plot thickens because not only did my aunt live in seattle washington but my biological father did as well and that is wow. the same place that i was going to pastor's conference it, it's huh. just an incredible story so i gotta meet my aunt um, her name is Deborah, just like myself. She's allergic to mangoes, loves Jesus with all her heart. So just incredible. And then together, after her and I met, we got to meet my biological father that same weekend. And it was, I look just like him. I act just like him. It is crazy amazing. And just a story of restoration and uh, his love and his grace uh of of great redemption of you know when i took that test with my dad because he'll always be my dad the dad who raised me will always be my dad um he has since passed and so i do cherish my relationship that i have now with my biological father but he raised me he instilled some amazing qualities i believe and i had that choice to make Am I going to, or am I not going to pursue this? And I'm so glad I did. The Lord gave me courage on that. Um, and my biological father is very um, blown away every time we talk about it, because it made a lot of things make sense for him in his life. And so I love talking to him about the Lord. It's just amazing. So that, like I said, that year was just uh, beyond 
because it was right after that that I had finished reading the book Love Does by Bob Goff. And if you have not read it, I 100% recommend this book, Love Does. And he just talked about getting out of yourself in order for you to bless other people. So I kid you not, the same day I closed the book on the last chapter, I got a call from my stepbrother that he asked me to watch his son for a couple of days. He was on hard times and without a batting an eye, <laughs> I said, yes, because I had just read the book about doing crazy things for the Lord. And so right. I had no idea that well, that five was, years later <laughs> we would be together i adopted him he is i love this kid he makes me smile he uh is just he's a funny kid he loves the lord with all his heart um it's just amazing i cannot wait to see where god has him he changed his trajectory because the night before i got him they were actually staying outside in um by a trash dump on a um bed mattress and so you we never know how god is going to use us i am so grateful my testimony is that god is able even though i had no clue what god was going to do in my life and in his life and he's just turned it uh upside down and um i love it i love it i never thought i would be a mom um and so yeah you know, it, it's just been quite a ride. You're, you're <laughs> such a good We've loved getting the opportunity to watch you grow in that way and just develop and grow as a mom. Because um, yeah. I've been, I swear, I've been, I've been a mom for forever at this point, right? I have an right. adult. I have, <laughs> I have a 24-year-old, you know, so it's been a really, you know, long journey for me but it was fun watching you just really open up and flourish in that area and wow god had you set up good for that one didn't he he did he he <laughs> oh puts things and people in places and just uh blesses people it, it's just amazing the, the right time the right people the right situation and what's crazy i don't know if you know this but about a year before, I had actually uh, chatted with um, some people that um, hooked me up with somebody that I could possibly adopt. And we went out um, for breakfast and I just felt mm, not not yet. And then I maybe it was because I got cold feet. <laughs> I don't know, but um, I felt um, she was not the one that I was to raise. And so it was like a waiting process for me. You know, we cannot rush before God on situations. We need to wait for him. And sometimes it is the hardest thing to do, Felicia, but um, man, I'm so glad I waited. And my life is so much fuller because he is in my life. I had no clue how to raise a child. And I must say the first two years were, you know, getting used to, a lot of things oh I thought I just had to feed them and cook for them and maybe you know give them hugs there's a lot to parenting 
Uh-huh. So if you're if you're out there and you're going through, you know, a little bit of a wackadoodle time, just hold on because uh, the Lord is is so good at that and working all things out for His purpose. And you know, we're to love them, to teach them, to help them grow. That was the part I think I was missing because I did not birth him, but I um, just welcome the opportunity and to remember he is loved by God more than I love him. And so I just need to allow uh, just patience and uh, allowing him to make his mistakes and not always trying to go in there and have the perfect circumstance for him to provide for him, to love him, but, you know, allow him to go through life. And I'm so glad he's uh, friends with Cross to, you know, kind of help mentor him and, you know, go through scouts together. Really looking forward to that. Right. And Cross and Cross just loves John too. So that's always oh. good. But I, I will say this is that, um, and I know that Joe walked into a similar situation because we got married and um, I already had Mariah. It is, in my opinion, a very different thing to walk into parenthood with a child who's a child and not a baby. Yes, <laughs> that's, yes, that's so yes. Um, because I feel like when you, when, um, when you have a child who's a newborn, you go through all the phases together. Right. Exactly. Um, How old and, was Mariah when Joe came uh, in? I want to say she was six when, when. Okay. Uh, started talking and seven by the time we got married. Okay. So she was, she was a child. And, and um, it, it is a very different thing because um, there's so much change and adjustment that happens all at once there. Whereas like when when I became a mom, okay, and I had a newborn, the first thing I had to do was face my own selfishness and be like, wow, um, I don't live for myself anymore at all. Um, mm-hmm. that's, not how, that's not how this works. But I had time to adjust to that, you know what I'm saying? Which is good. I needed a big adjustment. Um, and, mm-hmm. and my child's only needs were really to be kept clean, to, kept, to be kept warm, to be kept fed. And to, to be nurtured, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. the tactical for me was so much easier than when you have a five-year-old or a seven-year-old who has this wide and diverse um, background and variety of emotional needs that you may or may not be aware of um, and learning to tune in to your kids. Um, I got years to do that where Joe had to do that in the immediate and and that I would assume is also the case with you, um, where you now just have this this very this little human, but this little complex human that has a lot of needs, you know, and you're having to try to figure out how to take care of those. Absolutely. Um, I so. I think that is what is so spectacular about God in his creation that um how we procreate and it's nine months, you know, and it really um, helps adhere. I think the emotional state of a child to their mom, um, I think that's just a beautiful picture of God's love kind of, you know what I mean? Yes. 
I agree 100%. So, I think that's all. But it's well, okay. I, I normally always come in a little bit late and a little bit um, <laughs> behind. <laughs> and, and that's okay because I'm a quick learner. But the right. thing for me was uh, the teaching, the more of like you are raising a child. It's not just feeding them and clothing them and me making them clean. It's the actual teaching part, I think, that I did not have a concept of <laughs> that I do now that he's 10, <laughs> you know, yeah. five years later that I'm like, okay, it's more of a teaching and, and these opportunities uh, to be given to him that his trajectory would change and he's not where he was before. And so I, I, I am just a blessed woman. I, I love this opportunity. Well, and I think that it's fun too, because, um, and, and you're not quite at this point yet, but you're coming. Um, there comes a point where you've been so hands-on with your kid and helping to, you know, train them up and develop them. And um, obviously, you know, giving them a rich opportunity to, to know the Lord is a huge part of that. Um, and then they start to become their own little people. You know what I'm saying? As they, as they emerge into um, adolescence and they start to develop their own thing. And um, I'm now in that phase of, of walking back a little bit and being more of a mentor and watching them develop their own, uh, convictions and relationship with God and, and figuring out while they're under my roof, how to make good decisions for themselves before they get out on their own, you know? Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. And one of the things, um, I learned through some, uh, parenting classes that I've been, um, you know, I used to be a coach and so I'm the cheerleader. I'm the one, yay, let's go. However, another parenting style is more of a drill sergeant. So, when I was in the military, you know, drill sergeants kind of tell you, do this, do this, do this. And so I formed a little bit more of a drill sergeant style. However, I'm becoming more of a coach to John as he gets older and trying to, okay, okay, kind of give him boundaries, but yet allow him to experience life uh, as becoming more responsible, you know, the big R word. Right, right, right. And that's tough. It's so, it's so tough watching them do things and, and they're not, maybe they're doing the right thing, but not the way you would or, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Laughing at me right now. He's like, Oh yeah, really? You know, maybe they're doing the right thing, but not the way that you would, or, or maybe they're, um, did you think Cross was laughing at you? Laughing at me. He's like, he's oh. like, mm, that sounds familiar. <laughs> or, or, or maybe they're, they're, um, you know, making a totally different decision than you would. And you have to come to a place where you're like, okay, well, that's the decision they're going to make, or that's the choice that they're making. How do I help them learn good or bad from the outcome of this decision? Um, and, and occasionally just letting the ball drop on them and letting them see, well, this is what happens when you make that decision. Let's make a different one next time. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a whole different thing. Um, and I, I think you, you strike a great point about allowing them to fail and then just being there to talk about, Hmm, 
what other choices could you possibly have made to make this a little bit more successful? And then, right. you know, my son, he knows when he doesn't do what he's supposed to do. He just kind of looks at me and then he's like, can I have a hug? I'm like, absolutely, son. So <laughs> those are great times I cherish. And um, the bonding that the Lord has done between us, I, I think, is definitely rooted because of where I was when I was younger and certain things that had happened to me that I want him to feel love. I want him to, you know, we do high fives a lot. We do in the morning um, before he leaves, we kind of do a little handshake uh, jive going on and then he kisses me on the cheek and it just sets my day off on the right path and his as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. We spend all day in our PJs, so um, <laughs> doing schoolwork. Very different look. Um, yes, yes. We we spend we spend a lot of time together, don't we? Yes. Yeah, we do. it's yes. good. We mostly like each other at the end of the day, too, mostly. right? Most yeah. of the time. That's awesome. hey, that's a that's a good thing. <laughs> if but, you can spend all day with somebody and still like them at the end of the day, like glory to God, that's we, awesome. We either like each other at the end of the day. Or we're screaming at each other, just like, why does Matt do this? I don't know. I did it wrong last time. Wait, well, we're never screaming at each other. But sometimes the, the screen, sometimes, because he does this oh, yeah. up on the computer. Every once in a while, the screen really deserves a good scream. Um, oh, yeah. like, Absolutely. Okay. I agree with that. John does that as well. <laughs> I love it. As if the screen can react or respond to us. We're just screaming at it. Right? I, I <laughs> I'm like, I remember being very good at algebra when I was a kid. I really do remember being very good at algebra as a kid. I'm not sure where that human being went. Yeah, I, I don't remember ever being good at algebra. No longer lives. <laughs> it's been replaced with someone who just looks at the screen and goes, why? I don't understand yeah. why. <laughs> too funny. <laughs> so, um. So I think at this point we should kind of roll into our Q and A section. Yep. Um, thank you for we your amazing testimony. It was inspirational. It was wonderful. But if we don't get the Q and A done, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go into work late today, right? And Mariah okay. wouldn't. Why that? So Mariah, who used to be on the show, I happen to be working for her today. I'm gonna be going and face painting. Yep. So oh, um, that's fun. Who is now your boss? It is. Every once in a while, it's so fun when they can teach you something. <laughs> Especially like I, when I you was taught them how to use the bathroom and and how to use a spoon, right? Like, yeah, That's I was like, I, your shoe. I taught you how to, you know, use a spoon, and now you're going to teach me. For me for a long time, tying my shoes. That that I was true. like you Velcro until I was like seven. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would be like, "Bring you learned." He's like, "Nope, don't care." And I'm like, "You cannot wear Velcro forever." Just like watch me. And now he's a Boy Scout. And he has to learn to tie all the knots. <laughs> oh that's great that's great john was working on that yesterday but but yeah no it's it, it's a whole thing that um so now i get to go to work uh for her doing something that she taught me and that's super fun so mm. um i so look forward talk- to that for sure yeah no it's super cool um so let's talk a couple of minutes about our Q and A, yeah, and then and then we'll because we only got a couple minutes. We only have a couple more minutes, so let's so let's go for that. 
Um, have you ever considered that Jesus would have paid the price for the sin of the whole world just for you? Ooh. Rockstar Deb, you got anything on that? Well, and she oh. even kind of threw the teeth. Yeah. So let's yeah, I just, uh, absolutely. That was one of the thoughts that really got me through some of the hard times that his love for me, not anybody else, but for me would have happened if I was the only one on earth. So yes, that that's an amazing thought. Awesome. How about you, Cross? Do you have some, some thoughts about that? Did, did you ever consider that? Uh, for the longest time, I was just like, I mean, maybe, maybe not. But I remember I heard this non-Christian. Uh, well, I heard it. Okay, fine. I was eavesdropping on the TV that my dad was watching. And um, <laughs> okay, this non-Christian um, said, okay, so Jesus' death was supposed to pay for all the sins of all the sinners, right? I'm like, okay, I'm following you so far. And he's like, that's like if I walked up to the president of the freaking United States of America and handed him a dollar, said, here, this eliminates all of the debt of the United States. I was like, okay, okay. I, I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. Okay, and, go ahead. And then I just thought, well, hold on. But what if he turned into a credit card instead that kept getting money and kept giving money and it just got infinite money until all the debts were paid. Right. So the point was that the sacrifice had to be more valuable than the thing that the sacrifice was paying for. Right. And the only person who was infinitely valuable was Jesus. Was Jesus because he's God. Or the credit card who that had more money on it than the debt. Bless him. Pardon me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I would have muted when he was talking. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, that was great. That was wonderful insight, buddy. All right. So what does having the right to be a child of God mean to you? Ooh. <laughs> mm. it's, not, it's not calling down lightning from heaven, right? <laughs> the sons of thunder. The sons of thunder. If anybody's watched the James show, then you'll get, you'll get James that reference. Yep. <laughs> 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 we don't second down um, bolts of light. It's just it's just like a little zappy zap. You know? just, L- oh wow, a little zappy, little zappy zap. zap. No. <laughs> little no. zappy zap. Um, I think that it is a right because it it's like you're a child of the perfect God, and He chose you. He could have chose anyone else, but uh, we know from reading the Bible, God likes to work through sinners. I think it's interesting to think of like the right to be a child of God, because honestly, I think of it as a privilege as opposed to a right. Um, and so like, I think, I think sometimes I still have that attitude of like the, the, the groveling redheaded stepchild. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like. <laughs> Is that is that the right perspective there? Like I'm I'm only here because of your grace. <laughs> Please grant me a little bit of favor. Um, and and I don't think that God wants us to see our it's relationship. Like the Cinderella with of the heavenly family. Yes, yes, um, yes, because I live with the reality of who I still am in the process of sanctification, as God's making me more and more into the image of His Son. 
and I still have issues. And so I feel like sometimes I'm still like going before the Lord and going like, you know, groveling in a way where he's like, yeah, no, no, you don't have to come before me that way. You have a right to be here. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, my head was so thinking when, uh, you were speaking, I think of it uh, as, uh, a bird in a cage and how the door was opened when the veil was torn, but yet sometimes we stay inside that cage as if we were still, uh, in bondage, but we have the right to get out. And we have so many privileges that come with being a child of God that we don't use. We haven't tapped into yet. And, yeah. you know, it's not about works. It is about faith. And so, oh, such a good topic. Right, right. It's like, it's it's a whole thing. And it's it's so often that I see myself, you know, feeling stuck in certain ways. And it's like, I, I just need to walk in the authority of what God has given me already preach it preach it yeah and 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 i don't always do that like calling me out you know we don't the, the kids laugh at the questions they're like geez that's harsh uh, this one's like totally directed at me calling me out like hey mom's you know, just like hey let's make fun of me this episode right that's that's it's, it's not <laughs> not some sunday privilege when you're wearing your best dress it, it's you know the birthright uh, that's it that's it that's it um you don't walk you know if you had an inheritance okay and you were the sole heir for the inheritance you don't walk into the lawyer's office apologetic please sir may i please have a little bit of my estate no you 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 walk in with your paperwork and you go it's all mine yeah give me and i anticipate that's so good oh love that yeah so no red-headed stepchild of the heavenly kingdom <laughs> but it's so true and and we do feel that way we feel like oh you know i think we've given that false sense of humility where we go in like oh so i'm with you i'm with you it happens to right. me too because because true humility isn't thinking that i'm a worm true humility is acknowledging <laughs> the worm. that that i have <laughs> position in Christ but not because of me but because of Christ like Amen. that's humility is is knowing not only who I am and where I stand but why I stand there and it's not because of my efforts or my work but only because of the grace of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross um yeah. you know but but oh, but 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 to do anything less than that is to diminish the full and completed work of, of the cross you know what I mean? And, yeah. and don't want to take that for granted either. So, um, oh, and then this is this is the last one. And of course, extremely pointed. Are we all ready? Here no. we go. Ready. No. Let's okay. do it. Cross says no. <laughs> How will you live life differently as a child of God? Oh! <laughs> 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 it's Rockstar Deb. Deb's turn. I'm out. <laughs> no, no, you should be first. Right, come on. <laughs> oh, that that phone is he's got a little tiny phone trying to cover his face, but it's not big enough for his cute little face. So oh. so, <laughs> wow. 
So tell me, how, how would you live life differently, understanding that you have a right to be the child of God? Uh, probably, uh, loving God and others and everything that I do and, um, knowing that his grace is enough and I don't have to, like, try to earn his salvation. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, to me, I feel like I enter into situations and, and, uh, like, this has been a challenging season for me and for my family. Um, like, I'm dealing with all sorts of health issues. Um, I, I, I'm actually laughing because I'm like, I feel like my enthusiasm level is a little low today because I like, I, I've had like six hours of sleep in two days because of different oh, health. Yeah, it's been rough. It's been rough. And, yeah. um, and I, and I'm like, you know what though? Like, Knowing that I have, have that right to be the child of God, I, I don't have to feel like um, I have to come begging for morsels uh, like like in the um, in the story that we read about the Bible. You know, I don't have to come begging for crumbs. I get to sit at the table mm, and in good. sitting at the table, I can make I can make my requests without any concerns about it. Um, and I can know I have authority in this life that can be tough because sometimes we look at our actual circumstances and we're like, that don't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> this yeah. is not work out and none of it makes sense. And I can't tell you how often I run into a circumstance like that. This doesn't make sense. I don't see how this is going to work out. I'm kind of stuck. And, um, God always works it out. He you does. Know? And- instead of instead of walking in um insecurity and instead of walking in concern i can walk in faith and in gratitude knowing that god works all things out for my good it may not be according to my plan sometimes it's not sometimes it's not but but that everything is going to end up for my good according to his will um and that matters, you know. I can trust that God is good and he's working on my behalf. We better end that right there. Well, I don't know. Maybe 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 Rockstar Deb has something to add. Oh, I I just uh, you know, daily living knowing that like the song says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow and my tomorrow will be better because he is alive and he lives within us. And I just, uh, you know, one thing I normally share when I um, teach is I'll pass out almond joys, you know, the little almond joys. Do you like those? Yes, I do. Oh, good. I pass them out. And then I say, all men should have joy. Oh, that's cute. I love it. So Uh, I just want to leave that with everybody because it is our right as, uh, born again believers to have joy to be able to know that uh it is not by works but it is by faith and i thank you so much for having me on today it's been a delight oh i'm so i'm so glad that you're able to make it um the audience doesn't know this but we've really been trying to coordinate this for the last year and a half yeah you were one of the first people i wanted on and i was like wait i gotta figure out how to pre-record it so we can get you on because you just you're you're never going to be available on the Wednesday when we do our live, but um, we had the opportunity. I'm so grateful that you're able to come on. 
and share your story and share your testimony and praise God. That's amazing. There's like a bunch of people that I wanted to have on. I was like, okay, I need Miss Ali, I need Pastor Sean, and Rockstar Deb. Those and are the people that I need. Rockstar. All right. <laughs> she was on your list, huh? Yep. All, All right. right. Well, um, did you want to say a prayer cross before we left? That's my job. Uh, you said that's my job? <laughs> I'm not even going to try to stop it anymore. Lord God, thank you for this day. Uh, we pray. Yes. And thank you that uh, the show went well, and uh, we hope that uh, you just continue to work through Rockstar Deb and through our family, Lord. Uh, we hope that you uh, work through the church and uh, bring your good news to everybody who who hears it. Just name it in. Amen. Amen. Well, thank, thanks so much, Deb, for joining us. Thank you, Cross, for being here, and thanks to our audience for tuning in. I mean, I kind of live uh, here. It was kind of like yeah, I just I, I kind of didn't participate. I kind of rip you out of bed, and I'm like, sticks, you're gonna be on the show. <laughs> Talk about the Bible boy. The Bible boy. What? <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, if you've enjoyed your time, please like and subscribe so that you can be notified when our next show comes on. It was wonderful sitting with you this morning. Have a great day. God bless. Bye. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.